Hello and welcome to episode 30. My name is Ross. And I'm Craig. Time to put the kettle on because it's tea time. Uh, going strong with the brand still. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my work to arrive in the post, mate. Uh, I got your Fitbit. I'm actually classes even. Yeah, after I've ordered it. Um, right, now. Um, my week, so I will start with the news. Ah, yeah. First up. So, SpaceX, Starship FN10, which we were talking about last week because it was about to go up. It was delayed. Then it eventually did fly. It did its thing. It landed, and we were like... Then about eight minutes later, it had what they refer to as a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. Then it blew up. Um, okay. <laughs> so the reason apparently was low on thrust due to partial helium ingestion. So careful. Ingestion can kill. Um, uh, yeah, so it had a rather heavy landing, which also crushed its legs. And part of the bottom of the of the thing, which I think caused a fire, and then that fire eventually went kaboom. Um, so uh, the everyday astronaut who I tend to watch when I'm watching this, um, what's going on? Uh, the guy's name is Tim, actually called Tim Dodge. Asked Elon whether they should just use bigger flaps or a net to catch the rocket. To which Elon replied, "Yeah, we were talking about that internally. Could just have it land on a big net or a bouncy castle." Lacks dignity, but could work. <laughs> right, this is like for this is for taking people up, going around somewhere, coming back. Can you imagine coming back on a flight where you go, well, landed approximately thirty seconds. Make sure your seat belted, and then doing. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think you can go with that idea. Um, that's fun. Anyway, um, this is a bit more, this is a bit more complicated, but um, we were talking about um machines last week and how they're going to be taking over the world well there's been another scientist with breakthroughs which i'll try and explain um in normal machine learning training in ai can take a long time so uh, one of the processes for doing so is called reinforcement learning which is an algorithm that repeats a problem over and over, and over again um and the the ai receives a reward when it gets it right. Um, so each inter each iteration, it goes round and round again. And eventually over time, it learns to be, it learns to pick the right answer quicker. But yeah. now some clever scientists have been using quantum effects. Um, so with quantum, uh, well, it, without quantum, you can only try one thing at a time. But I don't know whether you know much about quantum physics and entanglement and superpositions and stuff i'm not supposed most people do but basically in the weird world of quantum there isn't something isn't just in one state it can be in multiple states at the same time mm. so effectively what they've done is they've rather than a normal ai going right here's a scenario is it left or right if i go left i got a reward fantastic I now learned something in the in the quantum version of AI, 
they can go left and right um, and learn both at the same time. So, you know, they don't have to go left or go, sorry, go right, get it wrong, and then not learn anything. They can do both. And it speeds up the learning process by something like 63%, which, frankly, the speed that, I mean, it said that, you know, it takes a lot of time, but frankly, the time of time it takes an AI to learn something depends on the task, but the amount of time it takes that versus a human is already scary. So adding quantums to it is just going to make it, well, not only scary, but un un understandable. It's probably not a word, but there you go. Yeah, I get what you mean. And I think that's the scary point that um, it will soon, I mean, it already has superseded us if you start involving quantum computing, because we can't even, we can't even understand that readily. The idea that something can happen and can't happen or may happen at the same time, like you said, it could go left, right, could go both, it could go neither, all at the same time, yeah. is... Um, Try playing chess against is, that person. Yeah, it's frankly ridiculous. Yeah, so there's another scary development. Um, and then mm. um, my other little bit of news, I'll bring it back to Earth a little bit more. Uh, I'll keep mentioning them. I, we're not sponsored by them, I, I promise, but um, Tesco's. They are taking another step. Every little helps. <laughs> and it does. Um, they've now rolled out a new soft plastic recycling points for customers um, so that we can return old packaging. Uh, which I think is amazing. If, if I don't know, um, they so far they've put them into 171 stores in the southwest of England and Wales. I haven't seen one at mine yet, but that's not to say mm. I just wasn't looking. Um, uh, but yeah, they did a trial in 10 shops that was successful, so um, they're rolling it out. So things that they will include will be um, food packaging, household and beauty products. Um, so things like bread bags, pet food pouches, and crisp packets, um, all of which will be able to be returned, which would be great. Because people were returning them anyway, weren't they? They were going through a bit of a phase of just going, right, well, here's all my plastic packaging you have at Tesco's. Um, but they've taken that and it's going, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, Tesco's will also take um, plastic bags from you too. So I... Not often, but I get a Tesco delivery, groceries. And recently I had to sort of my utility room and I had uh, two black bags full of carrier bags. Yeah. And I asked, I asked the guy, uh, can you recycle these for me? He said, yep, no worries. Put them in the grid. He took them. Amazing. Wow. Loved it. Wow. And, and they weren't obviously Tesco bags. Some were Tesco's, but you yeah. know, Asda, whatever. But it took a lot. They just said, yeah, we just melt them down, make new Tesco bags. <laughs> cool. Well, there's there's an act for everybody. If you because I think everyone's got a bag of bags in the house now. Oh yeah. But they're five pence now. I mean, no, well, ten pence in certain places. It's like I bought this now. I'm gonna keep it. And mm. then it builds up. <laughs> I have I I now manage to organize a little bit. I now have two of my glove box for any scenario. Oh. Because I keep going to Tesco's and then going, Argh! so I end up doing weird things like um, taking the basket back out to the car. Yeah, if I can get away with it, unloading it onto the seat and then taking the basket back in <laughs> and then driving. Uh, 
and then taking out the car one at a time because I don't I don't want to I don't want to buy another bag because I already have too many I keep forgetting so yeah that's what I do because I'm an idiot um, but that's all I have for news so um, over to you ah cool I got a few pieces um, first one I'll start at home is the West Midlands so more York side of the country than mine. However, they're trialing the idea of rewarding people for not using their cars. Okay. So you can already see that sounds interesting. That kind of feels like, yeah, okay. In today's world, at least, where you're not exactly going anywhere, I'll take some money for not driving. Um, so this is all by the Transport of the West Midlands, or TFWM, um, and they've teamed up with University of Warwick for a two-year trial aimed at persuading motorists to switch their cars to more environmentally friendly modes of transport, like um, e-scooters, green buses, all that type of stuff. So yeah. Even shared, shared cars counts here. So you jump in someone's car, go to work, you could even get a bit of money for that. So it could even pay, you know, towards your cost of that. It's quite cool. Yeah. So... This is all because the West Midlands um, is going to host a 22 million pound future transport zone, which is kind of a showcase um, for the latest technology and connected transport. So it's kind of a bit of a show off thing. And these are all really, you know, come by our buses, they're cleaner, they're greener, all that type of stuff. All right. So this is a showcase that's been hosted in the West Midlands. Anyways, um, specifically in the West Midlands? Just says the West Midlands. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. County, county wide, how many counties would come into the West Midlands, would you say? I don't know. Three or four? Can't be much more than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, University of Warwick. Let's say Warwick. Warwick's again. I think it's called Warwick, isn't it? That's how we pronounce uh, it. Warwick, Warwick. Warwick. Yeah, that. that that small guy, isn't he? He's Warwick, someone. Derek Warwick? I think he's a racing driver. Anyway. Derek Warwick. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the guy of the Ewok. You know. He's in Harry Potter. <laughs> well, Warwick Davis. All oh, right. <laughs> no, sorry. Just, just ten, tenable. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, Amazon. So, okay. obviously, massively profitable bunch of guys but they have now opened up the a uk grocery store so this is old and new news old mm -hmm. is that they've traveled this for some time in london uh, the new thing is that they have actually now opened it properly so it is the first one outside that's first one in europe that has no tills and the idea is you literally walk in take your stuff walk out and it's all recorded. Uh, everything is effectively scanned, like a QR code on the products you take. And it charges your Amazon account. So you walk in, take what you want, walk out. And it knows what you've taken and charges you accordingly. So mm -hmm. as I mentioned, it was a trial, proved successful. Now it's going full steam ahead. And it's called Amazon Fresh. So we should be seeing probably a lot more of these in the near future. Right. Well, I mean, I don't quite know how it works, but it's completely staffless. So I suppose yeah, it's um, a contactless store which works in a pandemic world. Yeah. 
but I think the idea of there's no staff, there's no tails, you walk in, grab your stuff, check them in a bag, leave. I mean, there's, there's going to be people testing that out to see what they can get away with, but I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon's AI and camera attack is good enough to catch everything. Well, it must be good enough for the fact they've rolled it all out already. I mean, um, following on from last week, if you work in a supermarket, don't. Uh, I, th I think we did mention that um, supermarket workers would be one of the first. Since you yeah, no, we were thinking, okay, so they're going to have more of those self-checkout things. But if we've already gone beyond that, then the idea of having one person doing one person every 10 minutes versus having one person have does 10 people every 10 minutes to zero people having 10 people every 10 minutes, then, uh, you know, written on the wall, isn't it, really? Kind of, kind of is, yeah. I, I can just imagine, like, like an Argos, but there's no staff. You don't go to the counter and say a number. You just walk straight into the warehouse, crap, wherever the hell you want, and just leave. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it's popping pop in the wild. Let's get a couple of uh, garden benches. Oh, they're down there. Cool. Go get them. Just leave. Or mm -hmm. maybe one of those cool little uh, AI, little driving forklift things can bring oh. you some to the front. You're going to have a little, uh, how can I help you, sir? <laughs> right, what? Right, what? Like a Wally type thing. Yeah. Wally. Well, like you need a bench, sir. Bench over there, sir. <laughs> yeah. Straight, on. Yeah. Straight, straight on. Um, and since Amazon is on a massive rise, and we did discuss a couple of weeks back of Rush, uh, Rishi Sunak and his Amazon tax proposals and how he didn't actually mention anything in his budget. He was mm. hoping for something. Yes. However, yeah. he has said something since. Mm. And he is proposing an online sales tax. So I wasn't aware of this, but budget came out um, a couple of weeks back on the 6th. And tax day is March the 23rd, where stuff like new taxes will be announced. So these will effectively be stuff like an online sales tax. And they're even considering um, tax and deliveries to cut down on the emissions. So there could be a few fair different tax avenues, which will all tally up to be an Amazon tax effectively. Well, Amazon, the same people is, who are also invested in Rivian, who are making electric vans and thus will not have any emissions. So just as you yeah. manage to tax Amazon, they <laughs> they don't need to be taxed anymore. As in the online the online tax would work better for them than the van one. Yeah, um, but the good thing is that uh, this is this isn't a UK thing because I don't think we're strong enough perhaps to tackle Amazon in that way. They could just leave the UK and just do it in the Republic of Ireland, which they currently really do, to avoid the UK's tax laws. Um, but we're in teams of up to 10 other countries, including the US under Biden, who all want the same thing. So I think a global initiative to have an online sales tax, yeah. now that could be very successful. Yeah. And this is all, all part of Rishi's proposed 10-year strategy on modernizing the tax system. 
So yeah, I kind of felt a bit flat after his budget, but that sounds interesting. There yep. wasn't a lot of details so far. So we'll look out on March the 23rd, which is what, two weeks away? Uh, yeah, we have a we have a proposed tea time on the 24th, so we can cover it then in two weeks. Cool. And it's uh it's your session, so you'll be covering that one. Um cool, a new thing for the UK. Uh, do you remember the EU's Right to Repair Act that came out uh, so in December? Do with Apple, right? Like you can you can't can take the tablets apart, that thing. Exactly. Yeah. So the idea is that um, you now have a right to repair and it gets rid of the idea of you know premature obsolescence where things are almost designed to fail because you can't get in there to fix them. Um, so obviously we've left the EU, doesn't affect us. However, the UK does have new rules, which is effectively the same thing. So we are now proposing new rules for household appliances at first, so white goods, which will help cut down roughly 1.5 million tons of UK electrical waste each year. And they're doing this by, as I said, white goods, and they're doing it by effectively saying that manufacturers have to keep all parts in stock to repair any of the white goods they produce and have to be available to customers. So that's effectively your right to repair. And if anything was to break in your washing machine, then whoever made your washing machine has to have the parts at hand to fix it for you. Mm. You're still going to buy them, but um, the idea is that you more need everyone to fix. <laughs> well, I'm sure they can make it fair in some way, but um, well, yeah, like basically, some of the parts shouldn't be more than the whole. <laughs> be yeah. The the idea is is to stop encouraging manufacturers to have a premature obsolescence strategy of, you know, a washing machine that lasts three years, they'll buy another one in three years. Or not if I keep fixing it type of thing, I can keep it going for like 10 years. And that's the proposed time span they expect it to last. A white good should now last 10 years under new household regulations. So that'd be cool. Um, it's not quite the EU's right to repair, but starting with white goods, hopefully we'll move up and we'll see where they go. Outside of that, I got a couple of news pieces which are not UK specific. First one, I won't tell you where it is, but see if you can guess. No, I always get these wrong. Oh, I know, but they're interesting. I'd like to see where you go with. You've got to see how so done Europe, with. Europe already has a driverless electric bus. Can you think of where the hell that could be? It's not in the UK. Is it on an island? Uh, yes. So, is it... Uh, you, you can guess a country if you want to. I don't think you can get the city. Uh, okay, good. Um, I'm going to go with a, uh, a Greek island. Right. So, Greece, Greek island. Hmm. Close, like the thinking. I mean, Greece is absolutely broke, so I don't imagine they're doing it. But yeah, Spain. So when you said island, I thought you were going to go with Spain. I I went. I was thinking there first, and then I thought, what Ibiza? Can't think of it. Can't anyway. So was it Spain? Was it Spain? So based on what we saw in uh, Mallorca, I suppose we can really see that they're very much future thinking. Um, and this is Malaga, 
where they have launched an autonomous electric bus service. Uh, first project of its kind in Europe. And all it does, it loops around an eight kilometer circuit six times a day. It's a 60 seater bus equipped with sensors, cameras, etc., full of AI goodies. Uh, it does have a driver on board who can take control if necessary. Um, and that's only because Spanish law does not allow fully non-driverless autonomous. Yeah. So that guy's kind of sitting there just where he took the steering wheel if needed, uh, but he doesn't drive it. He's just a backup guy. So this thing is autonomously lapping around an eight kilometer stretch uh, six times a day. Cool. Do we know who made yeah. that? Um, no, I didn't actually see a name, uh -huh. but it's a trial. Um, it's expected to be coming to a handful of other European cities if it's successful. Um, so you're thinking like Copenhagen, Hamburg, all those type of things. We're going to start getting more uh, driverless electric shuttles and regular sized buses. So depending on whether they use, that's technology that can be used today. Either way, cool. it's quite cool of Malaga. They got um, you knew. Yeah, the very first in Europe. No idea. To be honest, I had no idea I was even subscribed to Malaga News. So that's kind of popped up to me. So that's pretty good. Um, another one. So this, again, is a bit further away. But this is the idea of Uber for rubbish. Uh, a company called Recycle Smart mm -hmm. will collect your waste um, stuff that's not recyclable, such as batteries, soft plastics, and other hard to recycle goods, for as little as $2 a bag. Okay. So that's pretty cool. So it's effectively exactly like an Uber. You just have an app, you book a collection, they'll come and collect it, off it goes. And it takes those non recyclables, does its best to recycle them. So could have like electronic waste or textiles, books toys, whatever, and it'll try to divert them from landfill as much yeah. as it can. So it'll try to purposely recycle them. And cool. yeah, $2 a bag. Uh, but right now it is only Australia. This is currently active in Sydney. That is quite far away. So it's quite far away. Yeah, the other side of the way. <laughs> and yeah, Two dollars, two Australian dollars per bag is pretty good, though. So far away, it's almost coming back. <laughs> almost. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the idea of Uber for rubbish. And yeah, I hope the system comes to the UK sooner or later. I like idea. What I, what I also want, which I'm sure I've mentioned before, but what I really, really, really want is um, a decent way of being able to also use other people's recycled material like a like a scrapyard but less crap um so like if i want some wood for something then i could just well, go pick up a bunch hmm. of wood that someone else threw away for next to nothing that's what i want i think it's called a salvage yard or something but like they're so few and far between and it's very you can imagine turning up to one and then feeling like you're in the wrong place <laughs> Want something a bit more yes Amazony or a bit more uh, like I want I want this kind of wood please have it delivered like, whatever sell my waste I call it okay 
Well, no, because not not so much he's trying to he's trying to make use of rather than it going to landfill, rather than it recycled being recycled directly, but they're, they're some good stuff, stuff that could actually be used by somebody else. They would collect it up somewhere, and then people could just walk in and go, or well, better still, order it online. I'll have, I want, I want some two by fours. I want some bricks. I want some, you know, whatever, and then it can just come to you. But it, it's like you know, it's not doesn't cost as much as it would do normally. No. Uh, there's, there's a service at the moment which I do use, which is similar, perhaps. It's called Olio, and you can list things for free. It's kind of like Gumtree. Mm. Uh, it has to be for free, and you list them, and it's only for local residents that are actually collectible, effectively. Yeah. So you can list whatever on there. So, for example, if you had spare wood, you could list wood, you could list bricks. Whatever. Yeah, and people come and collect them. We've got free cycle, which is similar by the sounds of it. Similar, it's, I think Olio is um is a bit more, a bit more happy as it's, it's got a nice sort of. It's sort probably of just a very me thing. I just when I have an idea for a project, I just don't want to go and spend top dollar for for expensive wood. I I want to go someone go right look. This could go horribly wrong, and I might be it might be trash at the end of it. So I want to I want to just grab that, pay like a fiver for all of it. Try and build it, and if it doesn't work, you can have it back as recyclable material. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't matter so much. Yeah. It's wood these days; it's expensive. Well, yeah, I mean, as as you've seen before, like people get rid of pallets all the time. So you say, like, yeah, can I have eight pallets? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, but you can't get it. Leave, leave outside your house. Exactly. I, I want it delivered to me because I don't have a van. All the things yeah, I'm gonna get from B and Q, which are two meters long. Well, I can't put it in my car, so what am I gonna do? Anyway, I've got I've got a tangent. Do do carry on. Sorry. Uh that's all I have. That's um, all my news. So, what's the topic this week? The topic this week. I felt like I wanted to. We've I've done one episode about investing. I've talked hinted on it on, on a few occasions um but in the last month it's been a bit of a catastrophic fall um the market mm. crash so i thought i would talk about that for anyone who was interested in um investing and uh, whether they maybe they've already been in or maybe they're thinking of getting in now is an interesting time so i thought i'd explain my view on what's going on mm. so where shall we begin? Um, so yeah, as I said, last month, this last month has been a bit of a doozy, been a nightmare. It's been a crash. It's been panic stricken um, as stocks have dropped off by like, in some cases, 50%. So um, some of the big stocks that we've talked about on the channel, Tesla, Archimoto, the genomic stocks that are from ARK Invest, um, Virgin Galactic, all of them taken an absolute hammering. Um, so Tesla dropped by 40% from its highs. So it was trading around $900 and then it went down to the low $500. Um, it has recovered in the last, the last, this week has been a sort of bit of a recovery week, nowhere near back to where it was. But um, uh, Tesla, for example, has, has shot up quite a bit. It's up 15% from its lows. Um, but it's still something like 20% down from, from where it was. Um, 
Arkimoto, the three-wheeler car, not really a car, motorbike type thing, um, that's dropped 50%. Uh, was trading the high 30s, nearly 40s, dropped down to below 20. Um, the ARK Invest genomics plays are, were also down 40% at one point. And Virgin Galactic, mm. which hit $60 this, this time last month, now down to 26, or bouncing off from 26. It's like higher than that now, but 60, 26. So, question on everyone's lips in this world is what the hell is going on? So, for me, I think this has is sort of a, a combination of something that started a few years ago. Because um, for whatever reason, there has been a definite trend towards retail investors, people like me and you, um, getting involved in the market. Um, so, and I think Tesla is a large part of that. Not be blamed for but um as in the first of all the availability for average people to be able to invest via robin hood and trading 212 for the people in the uk um has has gone up it's made it easier for us to get in it's democratized um the stock market to some extent um mm. and normal people were um hearing about tesla and elon musk and there was a few youtube channels popping up saying about how you know, it's a great company producing great products um, and the general sort of institutional um, analysts were were saying, no, it's a terrible, terrible stock. It's, it's, it's never going to happen. We're not going to have um, electric cars for another 20 years, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it wasn't getting any sort of intention from anywhere else, only from the retail investors who just generally believed in Elon um, so the retail investors saw an opportunity that the um, car market was ready for a disruption, uh, hadn't been disrupted for many, many years. Um, I think Ford was the only other company in the last hundred years or something that hasn't gone bust. Um, so yeah, so retail investors went, okay, I'm in on this. Um, and what happened next was that the they were proved right. The, the YouTubers were the, talking about them. Everyone on, on that side of things, they were right. And the institutional and the analysts or all the people who've been doing this for years and they were supposed to be the professionals, they all got it wrong. Um, even all the TV channels and stuff like um, your Bloombergs and things like that. They were all very wrong. So um, at that point, uh, analysts became idiots and out of touch from our perspective and even the great uh, great Warren Buffett was starting people were starting to question whether he was now out of touch because it was a, it was a new era for us retail investors growth stocks is where it's at um, and that's what was mm. starting to happen then of course um, we had the pandemic the um, US government started handing out checks to American citizens um, there was stuff on social media about people becoming Teslanaires um, and other people who were claiming to be like pro investors who had basically hadn't done it for more than like a week. Um, and uh, just sort of per perpetuated the craze to the point where more and more and more people wanted to become a Teslanaire, wanted to become a millionaire, however they could do it. Um, and then 
as it happened, because of the pandemic, it was both uh, an horrific year and also an amazing year. So um, if you were in heavy before the pandemic hit, then you got absolutely trashed. But if you held, um, then you were back to normal by September. And if you came into it after the checks started coming out and you put your money in then, you just absolutely tore it up. You would have, everything went up. So um, you cleaned up. Um, it didn't matter whether you were right. You could just be brave, even just stupid and follow someone else. And you still would have done well. Um, it became official. Stocks only ever go up. And uh, basically anyone can do it. So that's kind of, you know, it's that's where we've been at it's the the confidence has been building in the in the retail side of things uh, and then from about october november 2020 the experienced investors on youtube started to change their tune a bit um they were what they were warning us that valuations were, were very high that it was hard to find good deals now um and that despite the high prices um and um all the potential risk of it crashing the prices still kept going up so they're warning us but nothing was happening if anything it was going up just as fast as it was before um they tried to tell us about um or obviously not just those people but also on bloomberg is all about reminding everybody about fundamentals you know you're supposed to be looking at revenue and profit margins and uh, catalysts that are coming up and um, deals that will be struck, um, you know, all the sort of normal things that <clears throat> business is doing well. Um, but uh, it, people were just ignoring that. They had the FOMO. Uh, they didn't want to miss out. Um, and therefore, fundamentals were irrelevant. If you're investing in growth stocks, whether it's growth stocks, of course, it's high price. It doesn't matter. It will go there anyway. Everything is going to the moon. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's where everyone was at. And then, uh, just after president's day in America, it began. Um, and obviously as soon as, as the price, the, the stock price started to fall. Um, and shortly after that, so did all the, the, all the theories came out as to why it was falling. Um, the most widely spread one, at least on Bloomberg, I think has been, uh, to do with the treasury yields. It's a bit complicated stuff, but um, basically the treasury yield started to rise, which is actually quite normal in an economic recovery, but um, they were climbing so fast that it supposedly made some people scared uh, because they thought that all the big money would come out of stocks and move into those yields because it would be a safer way of making money with a, with a decent return. Um, so um, that's what they thought was happening. And the, the weird irony with that is that uh, obviously economic recovery is also good for the stock market. But if there's a safer place to put the money when your stock market's been doing well, then that's what happens. So that then crashes. Mm. And then if the normal process continues, then that happens, the, the yields are good, but then as the economic recovery continues, the money starts flowing back into the stock market again. So 
it was almost if it was true it was going to help the stock market in the long term but in the short term it was just panic run away um so that was the sort of the sudden the shock to the system but then on top of this obviously we've also what happened got what happened to gamestop um which wasn't you know which was before the crash but not that long before the crash because it started was it january it started the uh, gamestop stuff i think um it exploded june 28th i think yeah yeah so um so to expect quickly go back over what happened there the um Basically, as I, as I've said, the retail investors were on a bit of a rise. We're you know we're sort of building confidence at this time because everything's going well. Uh, we've had a great year, um, and then it is like we then thought we got so cocky that we started picking fights. Um, so uh, yeah, they so created a, a war in what's basically an area of the market that seems to be unfair. So the institutional investors. Um, do what's called shorting, um, which is the basically the the process of putting lots of money to say that a particular stock is not going to do so well in the future, um, and it forces the price of that stock down. So it's kind of like almost a self-perpetuating thing. This company is going to be terrible. I and I've got so much money as a, as an institutional investor that I can go. I'm going to put all this money on saying that you are going to you're going to fail. So that it forces it down um, and you can actually short more than it's even possible to own. So it's artificial. Um, and so because of this sort of fake world of shorting to some extent, it seems to have got picked up by wall street bets as going, right, well, this part of the market's not fair. Yes, we can, we can pick a Tesla or we can pick a, a, another company to try and think, I think this will do well versus the analysts. But this bit over here is unfair because I actually pick this stock and I still get screwed by institutional investors because they've just got more money than I do. And that's not fair. Um, so they started a fight. Um, and basically for a little while, we were winning um, because by buying the stock back and raising the prices up, we flipped what was going to be a nice big gain for the for the rigged system into a massive loss for the rigged system and obviously that wasn't good for the institutions so and then all of a sudden out of the blue uh, retail investors weren't able to buy any more stock and the tables turned and then it looked like they were allowed the the institutional investors were allowed to escape from this horrible mess that they were in um and then of course it ended up in the in the congress um, and well, I say it ended up, it hasn't ended because it's actually still going. The fight is still going, even today, it's still going. Um, it, it rallied today up to $320 or something, um, uh, which is a hundred percent in the last week, 400 percent the last month. Yeah, I just checked it out 10 plus five hour time, it was uh, $344, right. the highest it's got since the 28th of January. And bear in mind, this is a stock that's probably worth, actually, generally, probably about $80, 80 to 100 or something like that, maybe, on a good day. <laughs> Not 300 at all. Um, so, yeah, so that fight in that particular area is, is continuing. So, but anyway, back to the crash. Maybe the crash is caused by treasury yields. It's possible. 
and the and the fact that they went up so quickly. Maybe all the retail investors who were just in their nice, happy stocks, the genomics and the testers of the world, maybe they all just took their profits. I don't think so, um, but maybe. Um, or maybe the institutional investors decided to start shorting different stocks, maybe not 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 GameStop anymore, because clearly that wasn't working. Maybe we should start shorting it somewhere else. Maybe that's why GameStop is now up. Because maybe the institution had given up on GameStop because it's too... I mean, why would you at this point? If you just had a big fight with them, why would you at this point now short that stock again? Personally, I would just go, we'll leave that one alone, shall we? And we'll go and short something else because you can. Um, so yeah, there's loads of different scenarios, but the probably the one I think is the, is the most um, sensible one is uh, the one that comes from Kathy Wood from Mark Invest. Um, she now considered apparently to be the queen of investing. You can buy a t-shirt mm. which has Queen Kathy on it. True story. Um, she thinks it's just cyclical. So lots and lots of money have obviously gone into these big growth stocks that for the investing in the future. That's what I mean by growth stock. Um, and you know, we all got excellent returns from those stocks in 2020. Meanwhile, the stocks that were left behind your big um, airlines and cruise companies and all, all the classic pandemic screwed companies all got left behind. Um, so it makes sense that they went, well, we got an excellent return from this. It's probably not, we, we're now so highly priced that there's not enough returns to get in the next couple of years that we'll go and put those, all this money into what would be the classic value stocks because oh. there is still potential here. So that, that for me, that makes the most sense. I've, I've had my profit. Yeah. I'm now going to put it down here. Um, but also that's... I was going to say, I would agree based on the fact that um, the vaccine rollout seems to co coincide with this. Yeah, and if you yeah, look we're, at... The, we're, um, we're getting better. If you look at it, uh, what's got punished, the NASDAQ has got hit harder than the other ones, and the NASDAQ is more full of these growth stocks versus the um, Dow Jones, which is less so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've the, the money's just basically moved from one part of the market into a different part and then obviously that, that's caused a bit of a self-perpetuating perpetuating panic sell because it's gone down by 20 percent you're thinking oh my goodness is it going to go down by 50 you've got the um you've got the the media saying it could down, go down by as much as 90 percent so you get the over oval panic and then it overreacts drops really really low we've seen it for the last couple of days especially tesla had a 15 percent rise in one day which is like a, you know, everyone's panicked. They've all sold. It's gone right down. And then people have gone, wait a second, that's a very good deal. And then just go back in. So um, well, some people go back in, other people go back in. And so uh, a very sharp recovery very quickly. Um, so uh, that's generally what's happened. That's where we've got where we are. Uh, what I think is that our old friend, Warren Buffett, um, uh, told us to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Uh, and I think the last few months has basically demonstrated both sides of that story. Um, we were very greedy, especially retail investors, because there were, there were a large number of, let's be honest, idiots 
um, who were just stonks, yeah, um, buying everything um, uh, without any sort of any research at all. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the best at doing large amounts of research, but I mean, I would at least go and check the, the revenue of the company. I would at least see whether it's a upward trend, whether they've made profit this year, things like that. So I, I, I do some due diligence, but um, some people would just be like literally hear about a stock that someone else had mentioned and go, I'm all in. Uh, the classic one for me recently has been CCIV, the, um, the Lucid Motors company. Mm. That's that's a stock that's gained to hundreds of millions of um, uh, market cap purely based on the idea that they have got a car that they're going to sell. And because Lucid Motors has got lots of um, old Tesla employees, People think excellent, but they've not produced a single car yet, and yet the stock price was going to hundreds of millions worth of um, of um, market cap. It would take years for them to well. First of all, they have to sell some cars, and then it would have to sell lots of them in order to make up the money that was being the company was being valued at. Um, and we don't know whether they even can make a car. They haven't gone through the production hell that Tesla went through. They've not done anything yet. So that's when we are about you know, potential, not saying that they're all idiots, obviously, but some potential opportunities for complete Muppets to just go, oh, CCIV. I've got a thousand pounds from this check. It wasn't signed by um, Donald Trump like the last one, but anyway. Um, so what I do want to pass on is that during this panic that we've just had, what we now have effectively is a stock market that is essentially having a Black Friday sale. Um, and it's possible that there will be another Black Friday sale in a week from now, and it might even be better than the one we just had. But either way, you get an excellent deal if you were to buy now. Um, obviously, I can't give advice, um, but Tesla has recovered to $676 per stock the last time I checked it. Um, it was just before the market closed today. It was 900. I believe that Tesla will be far exceed that amount, even, even its highs in the not too distant future in the next couple of years. So um, I like the stock and I'll leave it there, I think. Had to end there, didn't you? Any questions that you might want to ask at this point? Um, ultimately, as you know, I agree with, with most of what you're saying. I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more passive than yourself. Mm. So I like I like Tesla too. I like that stock, mostly because it simplifies my decision process. I don't really like being active. I don't really like testing the market and checking every day. I'm for money into something. And I want to check it in a week, month. And I don't particularly care if it's made 10% a day. I only care if it's made me 10% a year or, you know, more, more long term. Yeah. So I like, I, like, I like Tesla for that. And from what I've read about investing myself, again, I'm not really experienced in these things. Um, behavioral investment is effectively get 10 to 15 stocks you're happy with. That's your portfolio. Stick with it. You will make money. Um, it always got eventually. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'm so I I have about that many probably. Um, I would I'm sort of evolving to being own two, three maybe, really really good stocks, and then just leave them alone. Um, but I do enjoy the psychological ebb and flow of you know like yeah. so like take ccIV for example is a good example um lucid motors as it will be um after the spac stage um that is a stock that as far as I know hasn't produced anything um could be completely full of fluff it's potential that it finally does come out and it's a terrible car and nobody wants to buy it because it can't even do the specs that they claimed it could do. That could happen. But we won't know that that's going to happen until maybe, um, I think, September, October, maybe, when they're planning on doing their first deliveries. So between okay. now and then, any sort of catalyst of news of saying there's pre-orders for this or um, anything that's exciting um, is the sort of thing that would make this, that particular stock go up by 10 to 15, 20% um, as people wait for that moment to come. Or even, even the day that they're going to go from CCIV to Lucid um, officially on the stock market, it's a sort of stupid thing that would make that stock go up through the roof. And it's fun to, I find that part fun as well. Like I, wanna, I almost want to buy the stock so that I can just wait for that little run to happen and then go, right, thanks very much, I'm a profit, I'm going to get out now for you lot realize what the hell's going on i nearly did with nicola i nearly did with nicola uh and then i decided i think i went in for like a day i got a little profit and i went okay that's enough i don't i obviously that did tank but you don't know when that day is going to come so it's um yeah it's a bit risky but so that's probably exactly why i don't like so like i i don't want to live for half past two where i have to like I'd be glued to this now for the next hour. Yeah. I need to buy or sell. And yeah. it's gonna happen, you know, sooner or later. And like, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that type of pressure. I prefer it just to be safe and yeah. Passive is my bag. So I've been convinced to be a bit more actively passive. Hmm. So I think we're trading two on two's pies. That does make active passive quite nice. Um I think I've got a nice mix there, but yeah. I, yeah, I think I'm going to live the same way you do in the market. No, I think I'm going to go to 90% actively passive with my two or three companies, and then I'll have 10% for me just to enjoy myself being playing off everybody else's. Yeah, which, you know, put them in context, are basically gambles. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're just that they're slightly more educated gambles, as in, like, yeah, you can. You can, uh, you can get it for money on, on a sports team because, yeah, I mean, my idea should be Sportsmouth. They should have no worries. But, well, yeah, but it's know. not that though. It's not quite the same as that because actually, it's almost better that because it's not about what the team can do. Actually, half the time, it's about what the fans think the team can do. So, mm. you know, if you've got Manchester United versus, I don't know, some small team, then you know there's a lot more confidence. In Manchester United, even if their players are injured, for actually they haven't played for six months, whatever, you there are more supporters for Manchester United than there are for the other team. So 
I'm just going to bet on the fact that those people believe that Manchester United will win, even if they don't. And then before the match happens, I'll get out. <laughs> so it's just the, it's the run up to the match. This, um, there's a loads of phrases like you, Shum, um, buy the buy the hype, sell the news, or something. So you 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 buy in before while everyone's talking about it. Oh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be so much better than the Model Three. It's going to be so much beautiful. Blah blah blah. And then before they actually deliver a car, you go, "Thank you, I'm out." Yeah. That may, you know when the earnings come out and they actually haven't sold any cars and people go, "Oh, yeah." I suppose it's kind of a hard uh, mix because your your last chat about investment was invest in the future you want. So you still stick to those realms of ideas. For example, Lucid is an electric vehicle manufacturer. Yes. It does loosely fit that. Hypothetically, you, you you are hedging Tesla to be the big boy there, but you've got no problem with, with Lucid, even Nikola, you know, being, I don't know, the fiats of the electric world. Yeah, so, well, so there's, well, there's investing. And what I was just talking about then is, is not investing, it's trading. It's pure and simple, it's trading. But there's been loads of times where I could have traded on oil or, mm. you know, some other nasty company. So uh, I just make sure that even when I'm trading, I don't buy, I don't, because I don't, you know, I don't want to put any, a penny in a company that is doing the wrong thing. They might be, they yeah. might be faking it before they make it type thing, like I think Lucid might be doing. But you know, I'm not. That, that's okay for me. I'm I'm all right with that. That's just that's that is betting or gambling or trading, however you want to call it. But I'm not going to give any money to a to an Exxon or to a. Yeah, even even though they are pivoting, they they're trying, they're trying. Yeah, but are they though? Really, or are they just saying? The problem is, it's very easy to say, as we we've, we've covered with like Volkswagen and stuff. Very easy to say that you're doing something when actually you're not really doing anything at all. Yeah. It all depends. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, I agree, and good, yeah, good breakdown of um, the reason why it's crashed too. I wasn't really aware. I, I assumed it was something to do with the fact that you know, the tech sector got massive over the last year. Everything died last March, which was kind of a, here comes the pandemic, oof, let's get out. Um, and yeah, the tech sector got massive because of that and it's kind of gone back to where it was last March, effectively. Some things are a little bit higher still. Like Tesla it's hasn't quite gone back to where it was in March. Uh, I, I don't think I, um, well, I'll see some different stocks will be different, but as a general rule, most of them are, are They've dropped twenty percent, but they're still up. You took it for a year, yeah. still very much for a line like this goes all the way up, and then just you know, it's a it's a it's a, it's a correction. It's not a uh, a major thing. Obviously, Tesla is a bit of a weird one because that's volatile. Actually, the weird thing is it's more volatile now in the last run, even though it was like since it's during the S and P five hundred, it's been relatively you would think expected to be more stable, but it, mm. it's proved in the last month. Just mad. It is. No matter where it's it going is. in the next week, what matters is where it's going in the next year. Um, that uh, Elon's tweeting about his um, FSD, full self-driving, 
latest beta version. It's now or in within a week. It's going to be available for anyone who wants to to press the download button um, and have that thing to test out. So that it'll, it'll have thousands of people of his million cars um, testing his uh, new beta version. He sounds very confident um, that it's going to be ready soon. He said the the one he drives, which is the beta that um, I think they might now be on or maybe that's the one they're now testing but they're already way beyond that so um uh, yes yeah, so you got that coming um uh, they've recently started a um battery in texas have you heard about this oh yeah the secret battery plant yeah battery pack yeah so texas obviously had um major blackouts and stuff and at some point it was like uh, energy was eight thousand dollars or something stupid Snowstorm, uh, yeah um so um yeah they've started supposedly making a battery which makes sense because then they'll essentially moved to texas it's now their home so um it looks like they're gonna fix the grid while they get there um so you got all that coming yeah, we've got solar we got great exodus from california to texas that does seem to be the new the new buy yeah it does seem to be yeah yeah, but yeah, so we've got we've got solar roof coming as well, which is um they're now testing a, a new a new brown version of their of the test of the solar roof. Um mm. uh, so there's obviously stuff's happening there. We're not quite sure it's all a bit under wraps at the moment, but um maybe that's what the new factory's for in the UK. <gasps> Making piles oh, roof. Just just please be something, please be cool. Lots of conjecture based on nothing. Um yeah, so Tesla's got so much going on. I mean, you haven't even, they haven't even, they've still got their HVAC systems and stuff that they've talked about doing. They've got all sorts of other stuff going on. Yeah, so, I mean, I I agree with you. Tesla could be, you know, a $1,000 stock. It, it could get back up the way it was and more. Um, my problem is always that it's got a bit of a bus problem with Elon. I think if something did happen to him, a lot of people are invested in Elon rather than Tesla. Yes, and I think that could be a bit of a bugger. And the whole Starlink IPO, which is due at some point in the next year, two years, three years, wherever, I think that could divert some cash from Tesla. When people think, ah, why would I be in a company that's only four percent owned by Elon when I can go over here for a company that's hundred percent owned by Elon? That type of stuff. Or even looking at it as um, Tesla's grown, it's already matured as a company. Starlink's just starting out. It's my opportunity to be the next Tesla, so I'm going to move the money from Tesla. Yeah, absolutely, because those kind of the kind of people that believe with that highly in Elon won't be investing in anything else. So they'll take their yeah hundred thousand <coughs> whatever it is, and they'll move maybe half of it into Starlink in the hope of bigger returns. So yeah, absolutely, it could it could happen. Yeah, and even though Starlink, it doesn't really doesn't excite me at all. If anything, I find it quite boring to be honest in comparison to satellite and electric vehicles. But I do like SpaceX and Starlink is one stop away from SpaceX. And yeah, the whole news you talked about, the SN10 that did the whole flip and come back down again. Amazing stuff. That to me is a lot more exciting than a self-driving car. A self-driving car, if anything now, has kind of got, yeah, we're going to have that. It's very boring now. It's going to be routine in the next few years. Whereas going to Mars, you know, yeah. tourism, that type of stuff. But, um, that's just getting started. There's also another um, uh, couple of 
technical term is, but like a, a request for um, to be able to have, I can't remember the word is, but moving vehicle or not, not necessarily vehicles, but in motion, I think it was um, essentially the, the, the new Starlink satellite, the boaty, the Ishima flat face thing, the little antenna. Oh, yeah. Right, so they are they apply to have that on on things in motion. So they want so that they could have it on. Uh, they were quite non-specific in how they did. So you know, potentially it could go on planes. It could go on on trucks that have to move across the uh, continent or uh, boats or whatever. But basically, the idea. I mean, it could go on cars. Um, most people don't think it will because most mm. cars are going to be in populated areas. Um, so it's more likely to go on the, on the bigger vehicles, but yeah, the idea that, you know, you have boats that could just stick one of those on the, on the, on the roof, um, semi, the semi truck, um, could do the same thing. Uh, even the cyber truck could have one somewhere on it so that you're all camping and it's built into the truck. Um, so it doesn't matter where you go camping. Uh, you'll always have pretty high speed internet, 50 to 150, 50 to 150 megabits per second internet anywhere in the world, anywhere ever. Yeah. Now, that's, I want that. That's better than 5G. It is. But yeah, so that's why it probably won't be on cars because it would make more sense for cars to use the 5G if they're in that sort of area. But yeah, the idea of being able to get my cyber truck with its, tent thing on the back drive up somewhere in the north of wales or even the west of wales scotland wherever uh and it won't matter where i go instant internet thanks very much i'm all right with that yeah and on that bombshell it might be time to end I'm already bombshell. all right jeremy clarkson <laughs> no uh right okay um so uh thanks for watching uh remember to think educate and act um and we'll see you next week catch you next week bye-bye